Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the second morning service of Sunday the 21st of February 2016, entitled, Is Your Slip Showing? Part 1. And the Bible reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Here's Pastor Brian Beaver. Uh, the Bible says that we know that all things, we, we don't like to hear this, but we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. You know, um, he's talking about grace and how it'll come flooding into your life when you least expect it. Uh, when I lost my son five years ago, God, I'm not a poet. My feet don't show it. They're not long fellows. So some of y'all get that in a minute. But God gave me a poem, and uh, it came out of something that hurt me very deeply. It said, I walked into my garden to pick a lovely rose, and joy and peace and happiness was all I could suppose. But as I went to pick a bloom, a sharp pain ran through my hand, and God said, no flower for you to pick today. A thorn is what I planned. My heart desired some comfort, some days of peace and ease, a time of quiet restfulness, some charm my soul would please. But as I searched to find my want, God sent instead of need. He said, Brian, in order for you to have a tender heart, it's best your heart should bleed. It looked like a thorn. My image was torn, but God meant it for good. It caused me to mourn, but His likeness was born. For God meant it for good. It caused me some pain, but the loss has been gained like sunshine after rain. For God meant it for good. We don't like that word together, do we, Frazier? We know all things work for good, but it says they all work together. Even the disastrous times in your life, even when you feel like the waves are coming aboard the boat. And I know I'm talking to some people today who may be right there. I want to be an encouragement to you. And I want you to look at uh, a portion of Scripture God gave to me. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter number 2 very quickly. Look at verse number 1. I'll not be long this morning and I won't be boring. Amen, I promise. If you haven't been here, you'll find that out in a minute. Amen. You glad to be here this morning? Say amen. amen. Would you rather be here than the best prison in England? Say amen. amen. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 2, look at verse number 1. So thankful for you that are guests. I don't call you visitors. I call you guests. Visitors somebody you ain't looking forward to them coming. They just come up unawares. You go, oh, God, somebody's at the door. As, as a visitor, a guest is somebody you're in, you're welcoming into your presence. Amen? You are guests this morning if you haven't been here this week already. Thank God for your presence. Hebrews chapter number 2, and look at verse number 1. Hebrews chapter number 2. Thank you, Nathan, for that song. Look at verse number 1. It says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them, what? Now, let me explain something, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? It would be a shame for you to be anchored or thought you were anchored at sea 
Go to sleep and the next morning wake up and you're 100 nautical miles from where you thought you were because your anchor had come loose. The word slip literally means to drift away. And we did this to a guy in camp one time. We had air mattresses, right? Went to sleep in camp. And I and listen, I'm, I'm preaching to camp and you'd think I would grow up, but I don't. <laughs> Amen? I am a, listen, I am a kid trapped in a 50-year-old body, Okay. And so what we did was we took this guy who slept very, very peacefully, like a rock, if you want to know the truth. He slept like a rock, and we took him, Nathan, and his air mattress and drug it out to the lake, and we put it on the water, and we just kind of pushed it off. And the next morning, he woke up in the middle of the lake on that air mattress, amen? Now, you know what he did? He drifted away. And you know what? If you're not careful, that word slip literally means this. It says we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Listen, young people, you have received some nuggets of truth this week that you ought to hold on to, amen? And if you don't hold on to them and you don't take heed to it, you may just drift away. I have met a lot of drifters. I've met a lot of Christians who were castaways, if you will, who at one time were fervent and on fire and passionate, Tim, but now you can't find them anywhere. They're A-W-O-L, absent without leave. And my question today is, and if I could entitle my message, I would call it, pardon me, but is your slip showing? Now, you men, I hope that physically is not the case. But you know what? There's times in your life, if you're not careful, you'll let your slip show. You'll drift away. And you know what? People will go, where are they at? Where did they go? Did God give them a vacation from serving Him? Young people, let me tell you something this morning. There are some things. Listen, when you tie the rope to the anchor, you got to make sure you tie such a knot that it won't come loose. Amen? I'm going to give you some ammunition this morning. Some knots, if you will. All right, not K-N-O-T, but the N-O-T's, all right? I'm going to give you some knots that you ought to tie in your life that will help you not to slip away, not to cast away, not to drift off. Amen? I want you to look at the first one. It's found in Genesis chapter 45. Look at verse number 24. I'm going to show you some knots this morning you ought to tie in your life that will help you from being a castaway. Genesis chapter number 45. Look at verse number 24. Genesis 45. We hadn't been to the front of the book yet, have we, this, this week? We're going all the way to the front of it. Amen. Genesis chapter 45, look at verse number 24. So he sent his brethren away, and they departed, and he said unto them, See that ye, what? Fall not by the way. Can I explain something, ladies and gentlemen? He was trying to encourage him to remember what you were taught, remember the arsenal that you have. And by the way, I taught y'all this this morning that your mind is one of the greatest weapons you have against the enemy, against your flesh. And if you think properly, you'll, you'll walk properly. Amen? Because you are what you are because you think what you think. You know what? You even do what you do because you are what you are. And you are what you are because you think what you think. You say, preacher, you need to slow down. Amen? I want to encourage you this morning to understand that you fall not. If you want to tie the first knot in your life that will help you not to be a drift away, to drift off, number one, you've got to have the fall knot in your life. You say fall not into what? Well, first of all, into temptation. 
A lot of people have asked me this question, Nathan. They said, you know what? I have been tempted beyond measure. I had a guy come to me one time when uh, he was getting ready to get married, about your age. He looked at me and he said, preacher, let me ask you a question. He said, am I going to be tempted to look at other women once I get married? I said, let me tell you something, son. Every single day of your life, 365 days a year, 52 weeks out of the year, you're going to convene in the school of temptation. You're going to be tempted every single day. And by the way, if you... If you think you're exempt from it, you better look at what Jesus went through. While he was tempted in the wilderness three times, you know what he said every time? As it is written. I put a lot of weight in that book. You want to know why I quote scripture? Because that's what my arsenal is against the enemy when he comes against me. And you know what? When the devil whispers in your ear and reminds you of your past, you can tell him about his future. Amen. He's going to spend an eternity in the lake of fire while I spend all my life in the eternity in heaven. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you got to use the arsenal that God gave you. Use the Word of God. He said, Preacher, I got married, and now I found myself. I thought I would get over that temptation, but I found myself catching myself looking. And he said, Will it ever end? I said, I've got good news for you, brother. It's going to end the day you die. <laughs> you know what the Scripture says? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Do you know what? Every single person, even our lovely Lord Jesus Christ, went through temptation, but Joel, temptation is not sin. It's when you give into it that makes it sin. Amen? So you're not in sin if you're tempted. By the way, if you're probably tempted, it's a great evidence that you're a child of God because the devil don't pick on his own. It's when you change teams is when he gets on your nerves. Amen? He's on my last nerve this morning. And I want to say publicly and announce to him because I'm saying it through the blood, I can't stand my enemy. I hate what the devil has done. He has come to steal, to kill and destroy. He's taken young people and gotten them hooked on drugs. They're depressed. They're and by the way, can I say this? If you want happiness, look in the right places. Let me tell you something. Happy drivers avoid wrecks. Amen? Happy golfers avoid sand traps. Happy investors avoid about everything these days because nothing's good to invest in. But you know what? Happy Christians avoid sin. The Bible says there's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I've had people tell me, God will never put more on you than you can bear. That is not even biblical. Can I say that again? I've heard people, Steve, say, God will never put more on you than you can bear. You might even said that yourself. I've got a Greek word for that. It's called baloney. <laughs> i got a Hebrew word for it. It's called hogwash. Amen. I, listen, that is erroneous teaching. It's not biblical. You want to know what? God will never put a temptation in your life that he won't make a way to escape. But there are tests and trials that come in your life that he will put on you that you feel like you can't bear. You want to know why he does that? So you'll run to the cross. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Therefore cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. That's where I run to. Because see, God sometimes will put more on you than you can bear. So you'll totally depend, Antonio, on him. I get up every morning, Nathan, and I'll get on my knees and I say, God, I'm declaring my total dependence. This is not a day of independence. This is a day of dependence. I'm declaring my total dependence upon the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Can I get a witness right there? I know y'all tired, but somebody say amen right there. Good, thank you. 
Don't fall into temptation. Listen, understand that temptation is always going to be present in your life 365 days a year. By the way, you know what the devil will do in your life, young people? He'll always show you the thrill of sin, but he'll never show you the kill of sin. Sin is a blast while it lasts. You're going to have to wake up sometime. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You need to, listen, you need to guard yourself against the temptations in your life that can draw you away and make you be a drift away or slip. You got to tie that fall knot. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I'm telling you right now that every single person in here is going to battle temptation. It's going to be present, but it's going to be persistent. Joseph was a man of God. He was under Potiphar and he was taking care of his house and his wife, Potiphar's wife, came to him and said, I want you to lie with me. I don't know. You can't, you can't, you can't translate it any other way than what it means. She said, I want you to come and get in the bed with me. And you know what it says about Joseph? It says that she came to him, Nathan, day by day. Day by day. Some of you have come to me this week and you said, Preacher, I have something that happens in my life every single day that I've got to guard myself against. Well, let me encourage you. It might get worse before it gets better and you better cling to the old rugged cross and you better put your total dependence on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because he's the only one that will get you and make a way to escape that you can bear it. Amen? It's present. It's persistent. But can I say this? It can be. Now, I'm just saying this. It can be pleasant. Now, can I, get a, can I, can I ask you all a question? Is there anybody honest enough to say this in this room? That the, when you did something you know was wrong, and the Holy Spirit of God convicted you the whole time, but you went ahead and did it and had the time of your life. Can I get a witness right here? Amen. The rest of you all didn't raise your hand. You need to come down here and get right with God because you're lying. <laughs> you know what the Bible says? Sin is pleasurable but for a season. It's a blast while it lasts. But you know, it's kind of like when I go fishing, I'm going to be honest with y'all. When I go fishing in the North Carolina mountains, I want to try to hook that fish so hard that I jerk his lips off. I ain't trying to be finessing this thing. I want to catch a fish. And you know what? I throw into the water a thing called a lure. Isn't it amazing they call it that? You know what it does? It lures that fish. Because you know what that fish is looking for, Pastor? That fish is looking for supper. But he don't understand I'm looking for supper too, and he's a supper I'm looking for. And see, the devil does that to you. The devil will show you the thrill but not the kill, and if you saw the frying pan, you'd never ever, if that fish saw the frying pan, it'd never ever taken that lure. The devil's got a carrot out there. He's dangling. And you know the first one that's going to laugh at you when you fall into that temptation and yield to it is the devil himself, the one that lured you in. He's going to go, I got you. Sin is a blast while it lasts. It can be, Tim, pleasant. I've given this illustration before, but it bears repeating. When I was a little kid, we used to play hide-and-go-seek. We'd go to my grandmother's house. I had a cousin about my same age. I could dare that guy to do anything, and he'd do it. Amen. I'll be honest, I'll tell you what I did one time. I told him, I said, listen, what I want you to do. I saw this on TV. I didn't know it would work. I just I saw it on TV. I said, I want you to eat two tablespoons of baking soda. No joke. He did it. And I said, okay, now here's some lemon juice. I want you to chase it with that. He drank that lemon juice, swallowed it all down. You know, he had that face, you know, like, you know, when you drink, you, you ever watch little babies uh, suck on a lemon? You want to you get America's Funniest Home Videos Award? You do that. 
But they, man, he had that ugly face, and man, everything was great for about 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, his belly started growing. He was I thought, man, he's going to die right here. He's going to blow up. And I'm telling you, he let one of the most god-awful burps you've ever heard in your life. It was about 30 seconds long. It smelled like a lemon factory in there. I mean, it was terrible. But this same guy, we would dare each other to do things. You know what he dared me to do? He said, Brian, I we'd go down into my, my grandmother's cellar. And she had what we call the Fort Knox of pickles. Amen. It was a place where, the, listen, the cellar was lined with pickle jars. I took a pickle jar off there. He said, I dare you to eat all of them. I ate the whole jar of pickles. Drank the pickle juice. Started on the second one. Amen. I got a second one off the shelf. Started on it. I was popping them in there like a chipmunk was storing up for winter. Amen. My cheek's right to here. And I'm going to tell you right now, Dale, everything was going great for about 15 minutes and then something happened. And I will in a dignified crowd not say a whole lot else, but I will say this. Pickles do not same, taste the same the second time around, if you know what I mean. I lost my lunch. Do you know what? It was fun while it lasted, but see, there's always a consequence. See, let me tell you something. If you don't want to slip, young people, if you want to stay in love with Jesus Christ, number one, you need to have a fall knot in your life. Don't fall into temptation. All right? Second fall, I want to show, a second knot I want to show you. Look at it. Let's turn over to Psalm chapter 37 very quickly. I must move on quick. There is chicken and gammon upstairs and I've got to get done. Or whatever y'all call ham, we call it ham, amen? Had a preacher one time in the States. Of course, it's, a, it's, it's, it's almost customary to joke with preachers about eating fried chicken in the, in the States, in, in the United States, and uh, had a preacher friend one time said he knew an old preacher named Harold Seitler, and he went up to Harold Seitler, who was a fairly large man, and he said, Harold Seitler, he said, uh, you like chicken, don't you? He said, yes, sir. We said, we're going to take you out to lunch. He went out to lunch, ate about 15 pieces of chicken, got done eating. The guy got up, took his jacket off, and he stretched like this, and he had a big white belt on, and uh, he was stretching, and one of the guys that was eating with him said, man, that's a good-looking belt. And Harold Seitler, who ate all that chicken, said, that's not a belt, son. No, he said, that's a leather fence around a chicken cemetery. Amen. <laughs> I don't even know why I told you that, but anyway. I, I, I just want you to look at so I was trying to give you all time to get into the Scripture, okay? It's time to give time to flip over to Psalm chapter 37. Look at the next knot. Look at the next knot. Psalm chapter 37, verse number 1. It says, fret not. Listen to this. You can't make this up. The first knot you need to tie in your life is a fall knot. Why? But so you don't get sidetracked. So you don't get tempted above that you're able. So number one, you have a fall knot, Steve, but the second knot I want you to look at is found in verse number one. Look at it. It says, fret not. Thyself because of evildoers, neither be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down as the grass and wither as a green herb. You say, preacher, what does that mean? You know what, young people? You do not have to be consumed with worrying about somebody that's hurt you because the Bible says that they shall soon be cut down as the grass, wither as a green herb. God takes care of his business. Let's take our care of ours. Amen? We've talked about forgiveness now for the last three sessions. Young people, if you harbor for unforgiveness, it's not hurting the person that you're angry at. It's only hurting you. Forgiveness is for you, not the one that's offended you. Amen? Well, you just don't know what they did to me. I don't give a rip. God says, let it go. Forgive. 
because it's for you. Don't fret yourself because of evildoers. Listen, I heard people, and some of you know Brother Edward, who was on the street the other day, used to come here some. He was out there preaching before we got set up. And do you know what I heard people, I heard young people go by him and started spilling out and spewing out venom of, 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 of ugly words and, and, and provocative and expl expletives. And they were literally saying, you a liar, you're a liar. You know what? We don't have to fret ourselves over those people who deny the truth. Can I say this? God said it. That settles it whether you believe it or not. God can't lie, and so you can trust him at his word. And you know what he said, Frazier? Don't fret because of evildoers. Steve, you don't have to worry about those people that scoff at you and laugh at you when you go out there on Saturdays. Because you're more than a conqueror, and you can be bold as a lion, and you can stand up and be, have backbone. And by the way, some of you in here, you know what? You need to be strong in the Lord. You're trying to be strong in your own flesh. You're trying to be doing it in your own strength, and you can't do that. The enemy is going to attack you, and you're going to wonder, why am I so weak? Why am I so frail? And why do I want to quit? You want to know why? It's because you don't have a fall knot, and you don't have a fret knot. You say, preacher, what do you mean by fret knot? Here's what we do. God, I'm going to trust you. God, you're going to meet my need. God, you know our electric bills do. You know we need groceries, Lord. And Lord, we're just going to trust you to meet because your name is Jehovah Jireh in Jesus' name. And then we get up and we go, oh man, how are we going to get the money to do this? I don't want... <laughs> you know I'm telling you know why I know I'm telling the truth? Because all y'all laughing, because you're probably guilty of it. Amen. <laughs> That's what we do. Why do we pray and fret? We pray and fret. The Bible says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down as a grass. Y'all in trouble. I got two hankies now, amen. <laughs> you know what the problem is? Some of you in this room, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just get, shoot straight with you. Some of you guys in this room are worry warts. All you do is worry. And you know what? Most of the stuff we worry about never happens. And the Bible, you know what the Bible says? The Bible said, Jesus even himself said this, brother. He said, take no thought for your life. You know what the word means? Take no thought means don't worry. Be happy. You know, don't worry. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, some of y'all are fretting and you're worried about things that's never going to happen. Some of y'all are fearful. Some of you in this room right now, your worry is leading you to fear. Can I ask you a question? Why did Jesus tell the disciples, don't be fearful, but be faithful? Don't be fearful, but be faithful. Some of y'all are scared to death of that heart attack that's never going to happen to you. I go to pastor's fellowships. Guys, who are the pastors? I go to pastor's fellowships in the United States, and all they do is sit around for 30 minutes before the preaching and talk about their ailments. Well, I'll tell you what, preacher, I, my back's killing me and I can't, I can't go fishing, my arm's hurting and I'll tell you what, man, everything's just falling. Did God die? I mean, is God dead? You know what, for the first time in my life, Brian, I feel my age, but you know what, you're as old as you feel. I don't want to be around somebody that acts old. I'm not being honest with you. You might be old, but you don't have to act old. Well, I tell you, pray, pray, pray for me, preacher. Pray for me. I had a lady come up to me one time in the service. She said, pray for me. My back's hurting. Oh, it hurts so bad. I said, well, glory to God. Hallelujah. She went, what do you mean, glory to God? Hallelujah. <laughs> I said, let me tell you something. There's some people who can't feel no pain. You know where they're at? They're in the graveyard.
Lord. You better be thankful you're alive, amen? Don't be fearful. Had a lady one time come and say, you know what, preacher, I got to confess to you. I got to confess to you that, man, I'll tell you for many, many years of my life that I was afraid of burglars coming and invading my home. She said for years, almost 20 years, we've been married 20 years and every single night I'd ask my husband, you lock the doors, lock the windows, lock the doors, lock the windows. Yes, I lock the doors, lock the windows. She said one night the guy woke up, my husband woke me up and said, there's somebody in the kitchen. He, she said, I told you they were coming. <laughs> 20 years of this. The husband got up, walked in there. He thought it was just a mouse or something. You know, he walked in. Sure enough, there was a burglar in the kitchen. The burglar, he turned the light on. The burglar got spooked and run out the door. And he said, stop, don't go nowhere. The guy in the house said this to the burglar. He said, what, what do you want me to stop for? He said, my wife's been waiting 20 years to meet you. Let me go get her. <laughs> Amen. Why in the world? Why in the world are you so afraid of what is not going to happen? Listen, the Bible says, all right, let's, let's contain ourselves. You've got to have a fall knot, but number two, you've got to have a fret knot. I must move on. Turn to Psalm 103, just a few pages over. Psalm 103, look at verse number three. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And let's start at verse number one. Psalm 103, look at verse number one. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I think we sing a song. Yeah, you know it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Look at verse two. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? Forget not all his benefits. I don't have to make this up, James. Number one, you got to fall not. Number two, you got to fret not. But number three, you got to forget not. Why don't you take that forget not and just tie it on the end of your life there and say, amen, I'm not going to forget what God's done for me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know what the word bless means? It means to be happy. You ain't happy because you're looking for it in all the wrong places. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Can I say something? God has brought you way too far to leave you now. Well, preacher, I've heard people say this before. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's going to meet my need. But some of y'all live like he's only going to give you one hamburger at a time. Amen? You're welcome. Don't forget what God's done for you. See, what some of you need to do is go back regularly and remember. The Bible even says that. It don't say live in the past, but it says learn from the past. But go back and remember what God did in your life. Don't forget what he did. Don't forget that he redeemed you. I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined on me and heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit recently and put my feet on a rock and established my going and put a new song in my mouth. Even praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and trust in the Lord. If you want your friends to come to Christ, start singing that new song. Start telling people about what God did for you. And then you know what? They're going to ask you, well, what makes the difference? And you can tell them what Jesus did for them. Amen? A lot of people say, how do I witness to a person? Well, number one, you tell them what he did for you, and then you've got the opportunity to tell them what he did for them. 
So don't forget what he did. Can I explain to you a story that's amazing to me? And I don't think you really under, can really understand this till you get the full comprehension of it. The, the children of Israel were a number to probably, Pastor Daniel, probably a little over three million people being exodused out of Egypt, going across the Red Sea. God delivered them miraculously, if you will. And by the way, if you didn't know this, this ought to put uh, fuel on your fire, if you would's wet. When God parted the sea, he didn't part it from where they were at to where it was going. He parted it on the other side toward them. Only God could do that. And see, you think that God can't meet your need when he says, if I can feed the birds of the air, are you not much better than they? The children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, on a Jewish calendar, that's 360 days times 40. You go ahead and figure it out. I don't like math. Okay? That's a lot of days, though. But can I explain something to you guys? God, now listen, to feed a crowd like that, do you understand that he gave them manna every day from heaven? He gave them water out of a rock every single day. And the God of heaven did that every day for 40 years. Do you know how much bread it would take to feed 3 million people? I don't know if y'all have got rail cars that go down to rail, railroads here. But if you've got an empty box car, it would take 30 of those a day full of bread to feed that multitude. But God did it every day for, 30, for 40 years. He gave them enough water out of a rock to quench the thirst of every person in that camp, three million plus, for every day. But yet the people sat there and said, we're tired of manna. We're tired of all this angel's food. We want flesh to eat. And God said, all right, you want flesh? I'm going to give you flesh. You want some meat? I'm going to give it to you till you vomit it out your nose. But you know what the people of God said while they were in the wilderness? They looked at Moses and they said, can God, can God really furnish a table in the wilderness? when he fed them every day. You know what the problem is with us? And I'm going to say this to God's people. You know what we grow accustomed to? We grow accustomed to the blessing of God. We act like God has to bless us because we're his people. Let me tell you something. God don't have to do anything. He does it because of his will and his good pleasure. It is God which works in you both the will and to do of His good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. So what I'm trying to tell you is this. Don't forget, are you listening to me say amen? I'm almost done. Some of y'all's stomach, I even heard somebody's stomach growl just a second ago. It was coming from around in this area over here. Listen folks, I'm almost done. Number one, listen, don't forget all His benefits. God's been good. When things ain't good... God still is. Amen? And so number one, you got to tie a fall knot. Number two, you got to tie a fret knot. Number three, tie a forget knot. But I'm going to give you, I got five more, but I'm only going to give you one more. We'll finish it tonight, okay? Look at chapter number, 2 Corinthians chapter number four, verse number one. 2 Corinthians chapter number four and verse number one. I am so sorry. I want to go ahead and say this in advance that um, maybe I talk a little fast for some of you. I apologize in advance, but I can't stop it. I need medicine. Pray for me. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and look at verse number 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry. Now, by the way, I want everybody to look up at me right now. I don't care if you're, a, I don't care if you're not a pastor or you're not a deacon or part of a an association of board members on a church board or whatever. 
I'm telling you this, that every single child of God I'm speaking to today has a ministry. Titus, your ministry is to play an instrument for the glory of God. You do it well. You girls have a ministry to sing for the glory of God. You do it well. Nathan, you have a gift. I just don't know what it is yet, but I'm... A... <laughs> Man, you, 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 make, you make me have to get right with God because you've got so many abilities. Amen. My guy makes me sick. Sing, speak, play a guitar, play a piano. Uh. Just doing it for the glory of God, right? I love you too, brother. You're a dear brother. Every person in this room has a ministry. And when you have a ministry, seeing you have received mercy, look at it, verse 1 says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, Bruce, as we have received mercy... We what? We faint not. Can I say this, folks? If we're not going to drift away, number one, we got to have a fall knot. Number two, you got to have a fret knot. Stop worrying. Put your faith in the one that took nothing and made everything you see. Son, think about that for a minute. God took nothing. And you know, these, these evolutionists say, well, carbon dating says that that tree is 14 billion years old. Can I ask you a question? Do you think when God said, let there be vegetation, let there be whatever on the earth, let there be the fowls of the air and the birds and the, and the fish of the sea, you think he made them as little bitty fish? You think he made little saplings on the ground? No, they were full maturated trees. So they're going to be, they were created with age. Already! Amen? God didn't say let there be trees and a little... Poof, yeah, a little tree pop out of ground. He said, boom, and it happened. He took nothing and made everything out of it. That's how great my God is. Son, telling you what, man. This old country boy, about to, I'm about to bust a blood vessel right in my forehead. Listen. The Bible says if you're not going to drift away, number one, you've got to have a fall knot, number two, a fret knot, number three, a forget knot, but number four, a faint knot. Now, I want y'all to listen to me, listen to me well. I talk to enough people who have fallen away and, quitting on and quit on church and quit on God that I am sick to my stomach. I can only imagine why it says, because you were neither hot nor cold, but you were lukewarm, I'm literally going to vomit you. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You wonder why that makes God sick? And I said this, young people, God's never going to touch those things in your life you're only lukewarm about. He's going to touch those things in your life that you're passionate and love to death. David, listen... David Livingston gave up everything. They said that somebody sent a letter before ahead to David Livingston on the field and said, Mr. Livingston, and of course they didn't have emails, didn't have cell phones, okay? Didn't have Facebook. I've got a Greek word for Facebook. You know what it is? Ugh. That's what I think about. No, I'm just playing. Anyway, where was I at? Yeah, David Livingston got a letter from somebody. And they said, be advised, Dr. Livingston, we would like to come and help you where you're at on the field. Tell us the easiest way to get to you. He wrote back to them and he said, be advised, there is no easy way to get to where I'm at. Find your own way. 
Now, some of y'all that are laughing or maybe think that that was cruel don't really understand what this is all about. This ain't easy. Listen, faith in God don't make it easier to live life. It just makes it possible. Amen? And what you've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is you've got to faint not. Don't quit. Well, preacher, you don't understand. They offended me. Let me tell you something. We were in the bull ring yesterday. I had to go to the restroom. I finally had to go. They don't have one in Primark or wherever it is anymore. They, I, don't, I guess they closed it down or whatever. They didn't have a restroom in there. Go to another place, no restroom. I'm like, I'm going to have to walk all the way past that big old bull and go in that place and find a restroom. Well, I'll tell you what happened. When I walked in that bathroom, whoever went in that stall before me offended me. <laughs> but I went ahead and used the bathroom. You know what we do? We get offended and we just quit. What I'm telling you is this. It's time for us not to faint. I'm going to be done with this. You can close your Bibles. Listen to me, guys. There is a famous running back in the United States of America for an NFL football team. His name is Barry Sanders. He played for the Detroit Lions. He holds all kinds of records, but he retired early in his career. He probably was only about 32 when he retired. He probably had about four or five more years to run, but he just said, I'm hanging it up. He was a very humble guy. But they interviewed him, and Nathan, they asked him this question. They said, you know, Mr. Sanders, when you get tackled on a play, whether it's a negative five-yard loss or it's a 50-yard touchdown, you hand the ball back to the ref, you go back to the huddle the same way whether you had a loss or a gain. He says, why do you do that? Barry Sanders said this. He said, the reason I do that is because when I go back to the huddle, I don't want my enemy, I don't want the other team to know where I'm hurting. He said, you know what? NFL players love one another. You understand that, right? <laughs> he, said, he said, tongue in cheek. He said, if they see that your leg's hurting and you walk back the huddle like this, you know the next place they're going to hit you? Right there. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> going to drive you into the ground and try to kill you in Jesus' name. Amen. But he said, I'm never going to go back to the huddle and let my enemy know where I'm hurting. Would to God, Pastor. Would to God we had some people in the church of Jesus Christ that walked and served God like that man who played football did it. He said, I'm not going to let anybody know when I'm hurting. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Don't quit. Don't quit. Stories told about a young man that was preaching. He got up to preach, opened the Bible up. He said, Take your Bible and stuttered like that the whole sermon. Finally, at the end of his sermon, he made this statement. It took him 30 minutes to get out maybe a page worth of notes. At the end of his message, he looked at the crowd and he closed his Bible and he said these words. I found out it was not original to him. The French Foreign Legion made this statement, but it didn't mean nothing when they said it. It meant a lot when I saw this guy say it. This little preacher stood and said, If I fall, he said, Pick me up. He said, If I falter, he said, Push me on. He said, but if I quit, shoot me. Amen. You know what he was saying? If you see me quit, kick me in the backside and tell me to get up and serve God. Don't faint. 
I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be a tendency in every single one of you as a child of God to quit. And you know what it takes about this amount of character to quit? It takes a zero with the edges erased. That's how much character it takes to make you quit. And ladies and gentlemen, what you've got to do is you've got to tie a knot, the fall knot, the fret knot, the forget knot, and the faint knot. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered our victories without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. So just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says, give in, just hold on. Our Lord will show up and he will take you through the fire again. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Make sure, young people, you don't let your slip show. Have you got the fall knot in your life? Have you got the forsake knot in your life? Have you got the, fa- the, 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 the fret knot in your life? Have you got the faint knot tied in your life? I want to ask this question, Judgment Day Honest, as Shelly plays softly. You're in this room and you'd say, Preacher, I want you to pray for me. I've had a tendency in the last little bit to drift away. And I want to come back. It's time to come back home. Stop playing games. Tie some knots in your life that you won't drift away. Say, preacher, pray for me. I'm here today and I've got some things that I need to settle before God. And I just want you to lift me up in prayer. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. God bless you, friend. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, sister. God bless you too, sister. Thank you. Anybody else? Got hands all over. Once you put it up, you put them down. You may be in this room today and you've never, listen, you've never tied the real knot of salvation in your life. You've never really put your faith in Christ. You've got it in church membership and religion. You've got it in the Lord's Supper and baptism or good works. And I can promise you this, there's nothing that you can do to save your own soul. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Young people, you need to put your faith in Christ. Maybe you're here today, listen, adult, and you've never trusted Christ. Maybe today is the day that you will be gloriously saved and on your way to heaven and have assurance of that. There may be somebody here be concerned enough about their own spiritual condition to say, preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure that I'm on my way to heaven, but I want to go and I want you to pray for me. I want to be saved, but just not sure I am. And I just want you to pray for me. Anybody like that? Once you lift it up, you can put it back down. God bless you, friend. You too. Thank you so much. I'm going to be praying for you. Come and talk to me after the service. Please do that. Don't delay. The devil will sit there, young people, and tell you, wait. But God says now, now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Could we stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed? I want to ask you to do this. I know we have an invitation song that we sing, but maybe you need to come. Maybe you need to come, young people. Listen, mom or dad. Hey, listen, whoever it is under the sign of my voice today, maybe you need to come and do business with God. Maybe you just need to get down here at the front on the old-fashioned altar to take a friend's hand and say, come pray with me. I don't want to fall. I don't want to fret. I don't want to fail. I don't want to forget. And I definitely don't want to faint. And you'd say, preacher, I'm going to do that. I'm going to open up right now. If you need to come, you come on. Nobody looking around it, but if you need to come, you come right now. That's right, come on. If you need to come, you come.
Whatever your need is, you come. There are people still praying at the altar. Please be patient as the Holy Spirit of God moves. I just want you to be patient. Pray right where you're standing. Christian, maybe you need to just lock arms with somebody and say, you know what, I've got a lost mom. I've got a lost dad. I've got a brother or sister that's not saved. And God, please help me to have that inward hurt that produces an outward help. Help me to have compassion for those that I love dearly because I want them to be with me for eternity. God, I've done my best to write and divide the word of truth today. God, please, now you do your work. Do convicting Holy Spirit power and do your work today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the attentiveness of your people. God, for the time that we've had together this far. But Lord, most importantly, I'm glad you showed up. Because God, if you don't, we meeting in vain. Lord, I thank you so much for the people that are uh, willing to say yes to you and no to sin. God, thank you for the ones that have come down and prayed. Lord, please fortify them. Help them to be soldiers and endure hardness as a good soldier in the days to come. We're going to love you and thank you for what you do. As we ask it in Christ's name.